Welcome to Bailey's Writing Tips Podcast Short Stories episode number 39, a series of three short stories and some six-worders, or four short stories all under 500 words, with one episode every four weeks, usually being recorded on a Sunday evening UK time. To date, these have been the flash fiction that have appeared on my blog as Flash Fiction Fridays, and I'll give my email address out later should you like to submit your own. Today's stories are The Eighth Batch of Six-Word Stories, Bad Timing by yours truly, Morgan Bailey, The View from Heaven by Miriam Drory, and Threading a Needle by Rohini Sunderham. Firstly, the eighth batch of six-word stories, preceded by the relevant author's six-word biography. Firstly, by William Bortz, writer, blogger, barista, dreamer, and we have three from him. Your love ages, finally, as wine, the second. Skinny hearts don't appreciate the silence. And thirdly, love like a candle burns out. And then three from Salvatore Petucci, who lives life in flashes. If I type, am I ambidextrous? And the second, less arsenic and more old lace. And thirdly, unrequited love, that falling forest tree. And then we have one by erotic writer Tabia Dupre, Ignites Fires. And her story is, I exhale, the tension is extinguished. And then Chris Millim, drinks coffee in solitude, and he's sent in three stories. Birthed from a loveless marriage, sank. Then sperm slammed egg, my downfall began. And finally, her. Always her. Razor meets vein. And three by Mark Kay, a writer, trying hard. Truth seeker, found guilty of lying. Pillow talks dangerous, so is base jumping. And finally, toupee, toupee, toupee too. And I need to explain that one, although you can read all these on the blog. But the first is toupee, T-O, and then P-A-Y. And then toupee again, T-O-O-W-O, and then P-A-Y. And then finally toupee, two, T-O-U-P-E-E, T-O-O, very clever. And then three by Sarah Palmer, running late as always. Firstly, even mum's cardigans don't fit now. Secondly, it's just round the corner, probably. And finally, I shouldn't, but why not, eh? And three by Adrian George Nicolay, dark fiction writer. Sadness, dread, anxiety, ecstasy, lifelessness, death. Secondly, children laugh, grown-ups cry, elders smile. And then thirdly, failure, one step closer to success. Very true. And then by Tovley, little sentences make big stories. Forgotten me? Think snowstorms in August. Secondly, implausibility, the trustworthy pauses semicolons exact. Exclamation mark. And thirdly, our stories, revisions, revisions, nothing left. Then three by Barry Pickavent, 
Writing for my children. Conceived. Pregnancy. Labour. Pain. Overwhelmed. Beautiful. Secondly. And finally you were here. Born. And thirdly. Grass cuttings in the air. Summertime. And then one by Luke. Once a father. Eternally dad. Late for work. Tending to child. And then three by Brett Millam, writer with Coffee IV. First one, it's me, not you, or me. Secondly, came home with an empty collar. Oops. And thirdly, man up, I don't know how. And one by Faye, tells stories by the seashore. And her story is tuck in, that taste, bitter almonds. And three by Tony Tibbenham, writing because I must. Firstly, car stopped, train came, three dead. Secondly, much junk, declutter, lots more space. Thirdly, spilled petrol, ignited, new car wanted. And finally, three from yours truly, Morgan Bailey, Morgan with an E. Thumb bleeding, slipped, chopping up bodies. Secondly, taken for granted, arranged birthday surprise. Thirdly, sitting by the phone, never rings. And now I don't post many of my stories, although I used to do 5pm fiction, which was one of my stories a day. So occasionally I I put one up for the Flash Fiction Friday. And this is a short ditty by me called Bad Timing. I hadn't meant to do it. Really, I hadn't. Sorry, I can't help smiling. It had been at the back of my mind for a while, but I never planned. Still hadn't until I looked down and there it was, the knife in his stomach. If only he'd bought me a Valentine's Day card, it wouldn't have come to this. He'd forgotten year four, a long way off the seven-year itch we'd hobbled through last February. You'd think marrying on the 14th would have reminded him. I just said before year one he'd not needed to get me an anniversary card, as Valentine's was much more romantic. Why be reminded of the most expensive day of your life, even if we'd opted for a registry office? But here we are, year eight, and he'd forgotten both. He did have a lot on his mind, another round of redundancies looming, his colleagues getting thinner on the ground each month. So I suppose it wasn't really his fault, it was just bad timing. I was peeling onions, and he took my tears for, well, to be expected when he saw the vase of roses and knew they weren't from him. He'd come home early. I meant to put them away, give them to Sheila next door. She lost her gym at Christmas. Well, lost him to that Nancy at number 34. Always thought she was a bit free and easy. The knife. I'd picked the sharpest one. Onions are tough, and the supermarket only had giant ones so I had to have the longest blade to be sure it would do the job. And it had. Shame. He was wearing his favourite shirt. The View from Heaven by Miriam Drury They stood, she and he, embracing in the centre of a perfect garden. Flowers all around. Pinks, reds, yellows, purples, whites. Water cascading down the rocks into the pool. Maturing plums and kumquats nested by sun-frolicked green leaves, sweet juicy fruit waiting to be gathered and consumed. Over there on the same level, 
stood a large, bald prism, one triangular end thrust out through needle-sharp pine leaves. Acute angles pointed and menaced. Inside the prism, as clear as if its walls had been transparent, and its position much closer, people wandered in a daze, struggling to grasp the horrifying enormity exhaled by tragic reminders. It looks quite near, she said. Could we walk down there, down into the valley and up the other side? Do you want to? he replied in question. How long would it take? Oh, about seventy years, going backwards. She glanced at him with a frowning half-smile. We'd die before we got there. Just as well, he said, without smiling. Threading a Needle by Rohini Sundam Secreted from the underbelly of the moth caterpillar, called Bombyx mori, it sat in suspension for thirty-five days, a single filament one and a half kilometres long. The cocoon was plunged into a hot bath to loosen the glue that held the threads together. Then it was cooled so that this thread could be unravelled. The caterpillar died in the process. That fine single strand of silk, for which a life was sacrificed, then joined three other martyrs to form a thread of one of the finest, most prized fibres in the world. It shone in the light with a gentle glow, blushing as each of its minute three-sided faces caught a sunbeam that exposed its lissom length and supple sinews. It glowed as a moonbeam caressed its tresses, and it stretched in pleasure almost to its tensile limit, pleased at its own resilience as one of the strongest natural filaments in the world. Its pride was short-lived. Before it could revel in its own existence, the thread was trapped, caught and wound into a skein. Then, enslaved in a ring, the yarn was packed off to a fabled land, Turkey. Here in the dyer's harem, the skein lost the innocent cream of its youth and was plunged into an indigo dye. The indigo whispered its own sad story of capture, beatings and torture. The two strangers in a strange land wept and embraced each other. As their tears mingled, the indigo imbued the silk with the softest, most beautiful hue of sorrow, blue, the kind that shines bravely in the sun and glistens pensively in the moonlight. Today, a three-denier thread of that silk waits suspended, rigid with fear, as a lady's fingers clutch its neck and aim to push it into the oval eye of a sharp metal spike. At the last moment the thread flinches and dodges the eye of the needle. The lady looks at the thread, then gently slides it over her tongue. The wet, muscular, rough appendage arouses an old memory, the glue that once held each strand tight and safe in that cocoon of the Bombyx mori caterpillar so long ago. The recollection makes all three deniers cling to each other now, stiff with anticipation as they fly through the eye of the needle. It is threaded, and the slavery of the silk is complete as the metal spike pulls all three strands together through the squared fabric to form a blue daisy in the lady's embroidery. The silk sighs as it succumbs to its eternal punishment, forever bent, never free to flow and dance in the light again except in minute parts of its length, as it weeps across the tapestry.
Now a little about the authors of the three flash fiction pieces. Based in Northamptonshire, England, Morgan Bailey, Morgan with an E, is a prolific blogger, podcaster, editor, critiquer, tutor, speaker, chair of Northampton Writers Group, which runs the annual H.E. Bates short story competition, and chair of Northampton Literature Group, which runs a yearly flash fiction competition, details for which are on her homepage of her blog. Freelance author of numerous short stories available on Amazon and Smashwares, etc. Novels, articles and dabbler of poetry. Like her, her blog, morganbailey.wordpress.com, is consumed by all things literary and she loves chatting with other writers and readers. Her email is morgan at morganbailey.com and it's morgan with an E. That's M-O-R-G-E-N at morganbailey.com. And yes, that's me. Following careers as a computer programmer and a technical writer, Miriam Drury began writing in order to erase awareness of social anxiety. The scope of her writing has widened since then, but she hasn't lost sight of her her original goal. Miriam has had a few short stories published online and in anthologies, and is due to have her first novel, Neither Here Nor There, published later this year by Crooked Cat Publishing. Born and raised in London, Miriam lives in Jerusalem with her husband, two sons and a cat. When not writing, she enjoys walking, reading, dancing, listening to music and visits from her daughter, who is studying in Tel Aviv. Miriam blogs at miriamdrawry.com and all these links will be on this page, this episode and the page of the blog, a podcast, short stories. And the spelling of Miriam's blog is M-I-R-I-A-M-D-R-O-R-I Dot com. Rohini Sunderham is a retired advertising copywriter and freelance writer who dabbles in prose and poetry. It was in university that Rohini realized, realized that she started a lifelong romance with words. She'd flirted with them as a child, having once written a dramatic piece for her brother and sister, to whom she would tell fanciful tales in order to pass away the long, hot summer afternoons in New Delhi, India, while their parents were asleep. The affair with words in imagining led Rohini to her line of work and she became an advertising copywriter, a a trade she still plies after more than 30 years. In the course of her work, she has written ad copy for films, radio and print in India, Bahrain and Canada. She's also written two books as commissioned assignments. Her articles have appeared in The Statesman, Calcutta, India, The Globe and Mail, Canada, and The Halifax Chronicle, Herald, Nova Scotia, Canada, under the pen name of Zora Saeed, Z-O-H-R-A-S-A-E-E-D. Rahini is the author of Desert Flower, a romantic story set in Bahrain in the 1930s and published by Red Rose Publishing. Her stories, articles and poetry have also appeared in the following online publications, The Flaneur, Sketchbook and Lucid Rhythms Poetry. A poem was selected in an international competition and appeared in Poetry Rivals 2012 collection, published by Remus House UK. Rohini has participated in the Colours of Life Poetry Festival in Bahrain 2012-2013 and is scheduled again to do so again in 2014. She has a blog, Fiction Pals, which she wishes she was more active than it currently is. Rahini is a member of the Bahrain Writers' Society. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And I look forward to bringing you another 
episode of short stories in a month's time. They're actually changing from every four weeks to the last Sunday of each month. All the links mentioned in these shows are listed on the podcast short stories page of my blog, which is morganbailey.wordpress.com and it's M-O-R-G-E-N bailey.wordpress.com and my email address if you'd like to send any flash fiction, six word stories or anything up to 500 and the email address is morgan at morganbailey.com and don't forget the E. The podcast is available via iTunes, Google's Feed Burner, Podbean when it catches up, Podcasters, which takes even longer, or Podcast Alley, which doesn't list the episodes but will let you subscribe.